want to welcome everyone here this morning to our service of worship, a time to gather together, a time to stop, to refocus, to praise our Lord and Maker. But at the start of this service, I need to share some sad news with you that many of you have heard, I'm sure, but um, Daphne May passed away this week. Um, Daphne has been part of our fellowship for so many years and is so dearly loved, a lovely lady. And we bring Don and the family to our father this morning, knowing that he's holding them. And Don, if you're listening this morning, so many of us are praying for you and keeping you in our thoughts and our prayers. We're going to stand together and we're going to sing our first song as we do I wonder, um, Steve, would you like to just share the thought you had that God brought to your heart as uh, we prayed a few minutes ago? Let's stand and let's hear what Lord was speaking to Steve. Yes, as we were praying before the service, I really felt the Holy Spirit was saying to us this morning in particular, we do not just announce that God is going to heal, but we expect to heal all the time. So right in the midst of worship, or even whilst we're listening to the word. If you've got any form of illness, do believe that God not only can heal, but he loves to heal. So this morning as we worship Jesus, allow your hearts to be open and expectant that he can do far beyond what we can imagine or think. Let's sit together great as that
And Father God, we just thank you this morning because your faithfulness endures forever. God, thank you that each one of us, wherever we're at, whatever our needs, whatever is going on in our life for good or for challenge, Father, we thank you that your blessings are so many. Father God, thank you that today Daphne is celebrating in heaven with you. We pray for those left behind who miss her so very much, for Don, for Sue, for Kieran, for the family, for the friends. Father God, we pray your comfort and your blessing on them. But God, thank you that you're as faithful today as the first day Daphne put her trust in you. Thank you that you never change. Thank you for your goodness, your grace. Thank you that you are our everlasting God. Amen. Please take your seats. Haley is going to come and share the notices. She's running around wildly. As she comes, you can take your time, Haley. Don't worry. We are delighted to be able to welcome Zoe into our midst. I think, I can't see her this morning, so I assume she's perhaps out the back. Oh, no, there she is. Hello, Zoe. Zoe, would you like to come and just smile hello? This is our absolute delight. We have Zoe with us um, as our intern, and it's an absolute delight. So if you see Zoe around, please welcome her. This is Zoe. Do you want to say anything? You don't have to, but you can if you'd like to. Fabulous. Thank you. Thank you, Zoe. Hayley. Good morning, everybody. Yes. Just to let you know a couple of things that are happening this week at church. Um, Join us again this evening at 6pm. We have also got a prayer meeting this Tuesday at 8pm via Zoom. All the details are on the notice sheet. We have got a lunchtime service this Wednesday at 12.45. If you'd like to join us, that'd be great here in the building. This Wednesday, Wednesdays at RBC is back again at 7.45, all on Zoom. It's a prayer and testimony evening, so please do join us. It'll be great to see you online. We have still got our Modova appeal happening at the moment. For those of you who know, Andy and Rihanna, who are part of our church, are serving in Moldova. And so this year, we are going to be um, donating items that they need to hand out to families out in the area where they're working. The information is on the notice sheet, or you can speak to JJ. There's items such as socks, stationery, hats, or you can donate money and the money will go towards food parcels, providing families with chickens. It's a really great way for us to work in partnership with them. So please do speak to JJ. Most important thing, if you have not listened to any of that, please listen to this. Next Sunday, the service begins at 10 a.m. Not 10.30, 10 a.m. And that's because it's Remembrance Sunday. So please be here for 10 a.m., The children will go straight out to their programs at 10 a.m. And we're going to finish around 10.45. Those who want to go over the road to the memorial service, 
will be able to do that. Or if you want to remember Remembrance Sunday here in the building, just stay where you are and we will resume again just before 11. When the service finishes, we are going to serve tea and coffee. We're going to be serving it out in the forecourt, slightly different this year, for those who are in the church and also for those over at um, the memorial service. We do still need some help. So if you would like to help serve tea and coffee and just the whole part of that of encouraging people to come and get tea and coffee, please do speak to JJ. But most importantly, next Sunday morning, we start at 10 a.m. Thank you. Thank you, Hayley. And um, for Zoe, I'm sure she wouldn't mind being invited out to dinner or being invited for a coffee in the meeting place or whatever you wish to do, but please make her feel welcome. And I see her family as well here this morning. Lovely to have you with us as well this morning. We're going to stand and we're going to sing together, together again as the children and young people go to their own groups which are through these doors. Let's stand and thank our God for his forever faithful. Reading comes from Jude chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ and a brother of James, to those who have been called, who are loved by God and the Father and kept by Jesus Christ, mercy, peace and love be yours in abundance. Dear friends, although I was very eager to write to you about the salvation we share, I felt I had to write and urge you to contend for the faith that was once and for all entrusted to the saints. For certain men whose condemnation was written about long ago has recently slipped in among you. They are godless men who change the grace of our God into a license of immorality and deny Jesus Christ, our only Sovereign and Lord. Though you already know all this, I want to remind you that the Lord delivered his people out of Egypt, but later destroyed those who did not believe. And the angels who did not keep their, their, their positions of authority, but abandoned their own home, these he has kept in darkness, bound with everlasting chains for judgment on the great day. In a similar way, Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding towns gave themselves up to sexual immorality and perversion. They serve as an example of those who suffer the punishment of eternal fire. In the very same way, these dreamers pollute their own bodies, reject authority and slander celestial beings. But even the archangel Michael, when he was disputing with the devil about the body of Moses, did not dare bring a slanderous accusation against him, but said, the Lord rebuke you. Yet these men speak abusively against whatever they do not understand, and what things they do understand by instinct, like unreasoning animals, these are the very things that destroy them. Woe to them. They have taken the way of Cain, and they have rushed for profit into Balaam's error. They have been destroyed in Korah's rebellion. These men are blemishes at your love feasts, eating with you without the slightest qualm. Shepherds who feed only themselves. They are clouds without rain, blown along by the wind, autumn trees without fruit and uprooted, 
twice dead. They are wild waves of the sea foaming up their shame, wandering stars for whom blackest darkness has been reserved forever. Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied about these men. See, the Lord is coming with thousands upon thousands of his holy ones to judge everyone and to convict all the ungodly of all the ungodly acts they have done in the ungodly way and of all the harsh words ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These men are grumblers and fault finders. They follow their own evil desires. They boast about themselves and flatter others for their own advantage. May the Lord bless his word to us today. Thank you, Bren. As we prepare to hear God's word, as Judy brings it to us, we're going to listen to a song. If you know it, please feel free to join in. But it's with a video, and um, let's allow God to speak to us, to touch our hearts as we listen to these words. Let's worship through this song.
morning, church. I am sure we have seen this sign, caution, wet floor, slippery floor. And in some cases you will see maybe a diagram in the middle saying there is danger of slip and fall. And you will see this sign, especially where you are the cleaning team, where they are doing their work. And just to warn us that when you get to that area, be very, very careful. Otherwise, there could be results that we never expect. And that is the theme for this morning's message. Thank you so much for reading Jude chapter 1, verses 1 to 16. We need to know who is the writer of this book that has just one chapter. Jude means the praise of Yahweh. That is the meaning of that name. The writer Jude... He was half-brother of Jesus Christ and the brother of James. Both Jude and James were biological children of Joseph and Mary. And we all knew that Mary is the mother of our Lord Jesus Christ. And James was the leader of the church in Jerusalem. So, the introduction which Jude set about was to say, Jude the writer, he said, a born servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James. If Jude were to be a Christian of today, how do you think he would have addressed himself? Knowing very well he was half-brother of Jesus Christ. Would you have expected him to write or to introduce himself as a servant of his half-brother in this world today? He revealed his identity in Christ. He acknowledged that yes, though Jesus could be my brother, but we are not on the same platform. You know, a servant is subject to the master. And therefore, he acknowledged Jesus as his master. And therefore, he is accountable to him. And the letter he wrote to the church in Jerusalem, he said three things about them. He said first, to those who are called, to those who are sanctified by God, meaning to, that they are separated 
And he said to those who are preserved in Jesus Christ. Those three things. Those who are called. Those who are sanctified. Those who are preserved. Why did he choose these three things? Because he knew the letter I was writing may not be acceptable to everyone. Just the same way this message today may not be accepted by everyone. And therefore he identified those he is writing to. And let me just tell you the way Jude wrote this letter. If he mentioned one thing, he will look into the past and see, usually giving three, three examples. Has this happened in the past? Yes, if it happened, what was or what were the consequences of what happened? So in verse 3, he said, Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. For certain men, in verse 4, have crept in unnoticed, who long ago were marked out for this condemnation. They are ungodly men who turn the grace of our God into lewdness and deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Jude started by saying, look, church, some men have crept in into the body of Christ. They sit like us. They sing the same song. But their motive is completely different from ours. They have a different objective. They are like wolves in sheep clothing. You know, if you want to fight against foreign enemies, you know how to guide yourself. But how do you fight against internal enemies? They are very, very difficult. They are like cool plotters who understand the setting, who understand how it works. And these people are in our midst. And what is their motive? They turn God's grace to liberty to do whatsoever thing they like. They take the grace of God for granted. They take it as license for immorality and even deny the sovereignty of our, and the authority of our Lord Jesus. They are the forefront. Some can even be bishops. Some can even be leaders. 
they tried to make the church of God to compromise on all forms of immoralities, be it sexual, be it financial. Some of them do even promote homosexuality. And what do they call it? If you cannot do what they are saying, they say you are not tolerant. They promote immorality. They say your sins have been forgiven. Don't worry. We can continue to sin. God knows that we will always sin. Don't worry. You don't need to worry about sin at all. But they have forgotten what Romans 6 verse 1 says. Romans 6 verse 1. It says, can we continue in sin? And said, may grace abound? What did he say? Certainly not. We cannot continue in sin and say, the grace of God will abound. Yes, God is love. Yes, God loves us so much. Yes, God can forgive. But at the same time, he judges sin and evil with perfect justice. So in, if we go to verses 5 to 7, he gave three examples. First, despite the fact that God graciously saved the Israelites. He took them out of Egypt. Where they were subjected to torture. And he said, yes, I'm going to take you to the promised land. Yet, it destroyed them because of unbelief. Jude again reminded that in Job 1 verse 6 when the sons of God cohabited with the daughters of men they were not spared of God's judgment. And he also mentioned Sodom and Gomorrah that were involved in sexual immorality. God destroy them. Yes, God is love. But again, again, Hebrews 12, 29 tells us our God is a consuming fire. In verses 8 to 10, Jude again brings up it's like a case study what these evil men that crept into our midst, how they do their work. It says they are guided by their dreams and make themselves filthy with sin. You know, before a sin is committed, it is first of all ashed in the mind. If a man will commit adultery, definitely he has more or less determined in his mind even if you are going to steal, it just doesn't come. 
It starts from the mind. It's like a dream. It is ashed. And Judah is saying, these people, they live their dreams. They reject God's authority. Any form of authority, be it parental authority. And today you will see children talking back to their parents. They disobey their teachers even in school. They disobey their coaches. And they disobey religious leaders. They disobey political leaders. If they had stopped there, it would have been okay. What they do now is to influence others to continue to disobey. Few weeks ago, Pastor Vicky was mentioning a BMS statistic that they say that says Christians in Europe will continue to decrease. But do you know why? The simple reason is they reject God's authority. They don't want to be told how to live their lives. So verse 10 of Jude, it says, They speak against things they do not understand, and that which they understood, they destroy. So you can see that their aim is just to attack. They are within the body of Christ. Verse 11, it says, For money they have given themselves to, the wrong, to doing the wrong that Balaam did. And they have been destroyed in Korah's rebellion. Again, when Jude mentioned what they do, he went back into the history. Do we have people who have done this in the past? And yet, he could again identify three. He said, one is Cain. Cain was described as evil in 1 John 3, 12, and as showing unbelief, and it was caused. He also identified Balaam. He said Balaam deliberately acted against God and encouraged others to do the same because he thought. It's not because he thought, because he was greedy and he was described as a lover of wages of wickedness. Again, he found the third person in Korah. Korah rebelled against Moses and Aaron because he thought he could do a better job and he was destroyed. Church of God, you will continue to say, what is Jesus saying? I'm coming. In verses 12 to 13, it described the characteristics of these false teachers 
These people who have crept into the church. In verse 12, it says, they eat with you. They have no fear. Caring only for themselves. They are clouds without rain, which the wind blows around. It means they are selfish. They are unreliable. They are irresponsible. And cloud without rains means they raise hopes only for it to be dashed. It goes further to say they are like the autumn trees that are pulled out of ground without fruit. Church, you will remember the fig tree that Jesus caused. The fig tree that was blossoming. Jesus was hungry. And when he saw it from afar, he said, okay, there must be a fruit there. It got there only to see there was no fruit. And what happened? Jesus caused it. So, it again says, they are like the autumn trees. Spiritual barrenness. They are hypocrites. And verse 13 says, they are like white waves of the sea tossing up their own shameful actions like foam. They do not give direction because they lack direction. They are like stars that wander in the sky because they lack purpose and predictability. And verses 14 to 15, it says, these people are grumblers and they blame others. You can never please them. They do evil things that they dream of and they brag about it. So why did Jude write all these things to the church? Jude wanted to write about the salvation we all share. It was ringing the alarm bell, warning us that yes, we live in this world. We are tempted in this, in this world that we live in. We must resist the urges of this world. And be much more careful. As Christians, the path we tow is very wet and slippery. We need to be cautious and be careful of what we listen to, of what we read, of what we say. And to the people we move with. First Thessalonians 5.22 says, Abstain from all forms of evil. In fact, another version says, Flee from all appearances of evil. So it doesn't say walk, because you can be very slow. It says fly if it is possible. Wrong. Each Christian should feel a responsibility to defend the truth. 
Stand against false teachers when you recognize them. Trust God to give us the strength and awareness to represent him in this world. So the question this morning is, where are you in your relationship with God today? Yeah, you can say, all oh, those things Jude have been saying, well, I don't do them. 99.9% of obedience is what? 99.9% of obedience is what? No one is answering me. 99.9% of obedience is what? Is disobedience. That is with God. 99.9% of obedience is disobedience. With God, it is all or none love. It's either you do it totally. I tried now. I don't do all these things, but when you participate by listening to gossip, you've joined them. I don't do all these things when you disobey God. You join them. When you do not live your life in line with the scriptures, you are also attacking the word of God. So every one of us, we're in the same shoe. But praise be to God, we are still in the time of grace. He said, work out your salvation. We cannot continue in sin and say grace abound. Certainly not. God is good. Yes. God is loving. Yes. God is merciful. Yes. God is faithful. Yes. But he, that same God, can be a consuming fire. What then do we need to do? Have a stock take. Have an appraiser. Many of us, when we were working, if you have retired or even those of us working, you are subjected to yearly appraiser. But as Christians, don't go to sleep without appraising yourself that same day. Appraise yourself. What are the things I've done well? What are the things I need to change? And here you will see that, yes, we are lacking. Let's go back to God. The Christian journey 
longer. It is wet. It is slippery. Therefore, be careful. Be cautious. So that you do not slip or fall. Jesus himself said that. The road that leads to destruction. How wide is it? But the one that leads to his father. Is it very wide? Is it very wide? It is very narrow. Very, very narrow. Very, very narrow. So as Christians, take watch. Jesus said, he who stands should take watch lest they fall. Caution. Wet floor. Avoid sleep. And this morning as we come to the Lord's table, it's a good time to have an appraiser of our life. As Christians, where do I belong? Joshua says, as for me and my family, what did they say? We will serve the Lord. Are you doing the same? And when you serve the Lord, is it eye service or genuine commitment? Is it eye service or genuine commitment? Matthew 24, 13. That is what I'm going to end with. It says, only those who persevere to the end will be saved. And how do you persevere? Hold tight to your faith. Do not let anyone snatch that which you have believed. Trust the word of God. Leave the word of God. Don't be a Christian on Sunday and another thing on Monday to Friday. May the Lord help us as we live our life, as we renew our mind to God's satisfaction. God bless you. Amen. This morning, we continue with the service as we sing the next song, This is Amazing Grace. We come now to a time of communion, a time to gather around the Lord's table. For anyone who has Christ as their saviour, you're welcome to join us in this celebration. The bread is gluten-free, the wine is non-alcoholic, but it's a chance for all of us, as Judy so clearly brought God's word to us, to stop, to appraise ourselves before him, the one who laid down everything for us.
Where are you at, was what Judy asked this morning. And so Paul tells us that what I receive from the Lord, I also hand on to you. That the Lord, on the night that he was betrayed, he took the loaf of bread and he broke it. He said, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup also. And he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. JJ is going to lead us in a prayer of thanksgiving. Father Lord, we thank you, we bless you, we glorify you for your goodness, your kindness, your mercy, your grace, and your glory. We thank you, Lord, this day because this indeed is the day that you have made that we may rejoice and be glad. Father, we rejoice for the word of God that has come to us this morning. We thank you because you are the forgiving God. And as we have confessed our sins to you, Lord, we pray that you will forgive us, O God, and you will bring us into your fold to help us serve you in truth and in spirit. And we thank you, O God, because you are the faithful Father. You are the glorious God. You are the God that is out there with your hands stretched out, wanting for us to return to you. And we pray, Lord, O God, that as we come back into your fold, that you will continue to increase us in faith, that we will, strong, we will stand strong in our faith with you. We thank you for helping us in our difficulties. We thank you for providing for us, O oh God. We thank you for bringing healing in our midst this morning. We thank you, O oh God, for all the wonderful things that you are doing in our midst, for teaching us the way to go that we will not depart, for helping us in our weakness, making it strong, for providing strength and abilities to us, O oh God. So, Lord, O oh God, we say we are thankful. We are thankful because you are faithful. Yesterday, today, and forever, you remain the same. You are the unchanging changer. You are the mountain mover. And we say every mountain in our life, we praise you for it because you are helping us to grow stronger and stronger, O oh God. So, Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for the fellowship of your children. Thank you for our people all over the world. Thank you for the grace that is sufficient that you give unto us and the peace that surpasses all, the, all understanding that you grace us with. We thank you, O oh God, for calling us your home. This, Lord, we bless you for in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And so Jesus said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in memory of me. We'll pass out the bread. Please take it. And before Christ, let's thank him for his offering of his body for us. Cup. And said, this cup is the covenant of my blood. We take it. We hold on to it so that we drink together as a sign of God's love, bringing us together as one body.
And so together, let's drink this cup. A member Christ's blood was shed for you. Hayley is now going to bring us prayers for our family. Let us pray. In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my requests before you and wait expectantly. Father, we thank you for this time of communion, to be still, listen and speak. Bring peace and comfort to all at this time who are mourning the loss of loved ones. We remember Don and the family and we thank you for the privilege to have known Daphne and all that she did to serve you. We pray for the families of John Leach, Margot Isley, Daphne Joyce, Dennis Sachs, the family of Jacques de Vries, and the family of Caroline Odiemi. Bring them comfort at this time over these coming months. We thank you for the way that we can all serve differently here at RBC. We thank you for Zoe. She's about to start her internship here. We pray that it will be an exciting year for her and an exciting year for us too. We look forward to getting to know her over these coming months. We thank you for people like Andy and Rihanna serving in Moldova. And I thank you that we can join with them together in the Christmas Appeal, which shows that distance is not a barrier. And we pray for them for wisdom as they tackle the winter months over there. Thank you for all in the health profession. And we pray for strength and safety for them as they still face challenging times. We pray for all we know who are in hospital and we pray that they're aware of your presence and the prayers that we send to them. Whatever our week holds, may we keep our eyes focused on you, God, who will keep us from falling. Amen. Thank you, Hayley. Let's stand and bring our worship together at the end here with a, a beautiful hymn, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross. John?
the worship has ended. The service begins. The service has ended. The worship begins. To him who is able to keep us from stumbling and to present us before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. And to the only God our Savior be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for joining us.